Hello, and welcome to One Single Thought, the podcast where two Christian single women take theological deep dives and bring perspectives on life, mixed with levity and joy. Well, we're back in Studio WIC, ready for another epic episode eight of One Single Thought. We've made it to episode eight. We've made it to episode eight, which is longer than many podcasts, so I feel really good and positive about our future, which is great. So, Heather, did you watch any of the funeral of the Queen? Yes. I, because Ricky got me up early, my cat. Yes. And um, I guess he usually does. And mm-hmm. so I was up and I turned on the TV and I saw a lot of it and then had it on the background during work so I could it is so beautiful. catch here and there. <laughs> yeah. Queen Elizabeth II, may she rest in peace and mm-hmm. rise in glory, as her son said mm-hmm. in his uh, epitaph to her. So I thought a lot about when, when watching it and you see all the famous people, the high up, higher ups in British world, royalty and a brand new prime minister mm-hmm. is, was there, mistrust. Just made me think about like the outfits they wore, the jewelry they had on. Many of them, many of them had hats and fascinators and things like that. So it just got me thinking about all of the iconic jewelry we've seen from the past on famous people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you remember Barbara Bush, Senior Bush's wife. Oh yeah, yeah. So do you remember what her iconic jewelry piece was? I don't. She always wore three strands of pearls. Mm. Which I guess is also Ruth Bader Ginsburg's jewelry um, thing that signifies her when you see that too. But I always remembered Barbara Bush and her three strands of, of pearls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been lots of, like, jewelry trends. There were mood rings and there were those beaded necklaces, bead necklaces, which apparently are coming back, I've heard. Uh-huh. Where you could just, you know, buy beads to add to it. Hence the name Adabeed. Uh, there were, you know, Pandora jewelry is really big. Yeah. You could buy those charms for bracelets and necklaces and stuff. When I was a kid in the 80s, we had, I don't know if, I know that was, you were probably a teenager mm-hmm. in college by then, but we had those plastic charm necklaces. They were like a plastic chain. Oh, yeah. And then you could buy the little plastic charms to mm-hmm. go on them. And like I had a Statue of Liberty. The only one I remember is a Statue of Liberty, but they had a bunch of different ones. Yeah. Like a shoe and different things you can hang on it. And that was a big... And charm bracelets, when I was small, a kid, like elementary school, uh-huh. charm bracelets charm bracelets were big. Because uh-huh. I remember I had a charm bracelet and like every little charm meant something specific. Like I had, you know, one, it was my mom got it for me. So she, mm-hmm. you know, I remember having a Snoopy, with an astronaut Snoopy, because when we landed on the moon in 69, mm-hmm. he was big they had him as like yeah. the icon of that and uh did you ever have a friendship bracelet i did although i couldn't remember what friend it was <laughs> <laughs> i do remember having them though yeah i don't think i ever had a friendship bracelet which i know that makes me sound pitiful but oh it's sad i, I don't remember ever having a friendship bracelet <laughs> i had one of those um bracelets that we used to wear that had each bit bead meant something in yeah. the story of the gospel uh-huh. i i had one of those i've had other types of bracelets but never had a friendship bracelet but there is a big trend going right now for permanent friendship bracelets yeah now <laughs> my reaction <laughs> yes so it looks a little freaky when you watch them do it but par- apparently jewelers have different variety of styles and 
they're either sterling silver or 14 karat gold. And the reason they're permanent friendship bracelets is they literally weld it onto your hand. Mm-hmm. You can use scissors to take them off, but the goal is that you keep it on there. And people are having events and having people come and do it at the event, which I think is kind of weird. I don't know that I would want one that was permanent like that. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to wear that, yeah. knowing that I couldn't take it off. Yeah, there's just something. Itchy. <laughs> there's something about that that just I don't know. It then, feels that like that means you're gets... friends with that person forever. <laughs> yeah, yes, and it also feels like a tattoo in some ways. Like, ooh, although it's easier to get off than a tattoo. But our topic today, and we'll segue into it from the friendship bracelets, is actually on friendship. So, Heather, why don't you share with us why we chose this topic? So, I picked this topic because I wanted to look at what friendship looks like as once you become an adult. And we do have that single perspective, as we say every time. We do have that perspective. And it's real easy as you get older to neglect friendships because you're getting busy or work or life is getting in the way. And so it's easy to find yourself becoming lonely. And we talked about loneliness a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. and it's anyone can feel lonely. And I think when you're young and you're a kid, friendships are very important because that's, you know, you have your immediate family, you have your parents or your siblings, but your friends are who you relate to and you feel like a deeper connection with. And so I think when you're young, you kind of look at older people as not needing friends. And I think it's important that we don't carry that mindset into our adulthood thinking, oh, I'm fine. I don't need friends. I'm good. I don't need to have connections to anybody. And that does tie into our relationship with the church as Christians, that we have those friendships, those deep connected friendships that we can do life together with and have support as we go through life. So that's that's why I thought we should talk about this, because mm-hmm. I think it's important, especially as women who live alone or are single, mm-hmm. that we share how we connect and we keep those connections going as, as adults and who are involved in our own lives and have things going on and how we can help other people feel that too. And so our one single thought for today is that friendship is more than a bracelet. Friendship is more than a bracelet. I feel like we're Johnny Carson. and So, yeah, for those of y'all who remember Johnny Carson, he did a bit called The Great Karnak. And so every time we do the one single thought and I repeat it, I always feel like we're reenacting (laughs) that thing. I love it, though. I love it. I need a big hat. The the big (laughs) turban on. You do. (laughs) So to kick it off, let's just talk about life, Rose. What has friendship looked like for you over the years? I would say that when I was a child, I was, I still am an introvert, although some people, some people may not think I, I'm an introvert, but I, being an only child, I had some friends as a child that lived in, across the street that I played with and hung out with some, but in a lot of ways, I, pl- I was by myself a lot. I had a few friends at school. I wouldn't say that I was, I had one Mm-hmm. or two just real best friends in school when I was young in elementary school. Moved to junior high. We, we were with some of the same people that we were in elementary school. And so the friendships there sort of remained. I know, I remember even in elementary school, I had friends that were in the neighborhood. And we all went to school in the same neighborhood. And a lot of times after school, if we had to, if our mom wasn't around to take care of us or to pick us mm-hmm. up, we would hang out together. And I had a group of, there were, th- I think there were three or four of us that we stayed um, at a friend's house and her grandpa 
<laughs> used to walk us across the main street outside of our subdivision to go to the convenience store to buy candy cigarettes <laughs> and snacks. So that was kind of funny. But then when I got to high school, you know, then you have a whole new dynamic. I went mm-hmm. to a high school that was had a lot of new people so I got to make new friends there I still had some of the same friends but I made a lot of new ones and then when I went off to college I didn't really go off to college I went to college here locally I went to college where I didn't know anybody Mm -hmm. I mean I didn't go with anybody that I went to high school with and you know I didn't really I wasn't big on making friends I kind of stuck with my same group of friends from school or from my neighborhood and I had one friend that I hung out with a lot that lived in my neighborhood when I was in college. So, you know, then you get to the work work life and, you know, you start to make some friends in the workplace. And actually, my first job, I made a lot of great friends at that job. You know, we were there through thick and thin and hung out together. And, and we were all from very different walks of life. But... Um, I, it, it was great. And so I think as I've gotten older, you know, I can't even pinpoint. I have some of the best friends in the world, you included, mm-hmm. Heather. But it's hard to pinpoint what brings us together or how that looks because a lot of times it's it's from a lot of different circumstances. Yeah. I became friends with my friend Christy because we grew up at church together, but we also mm-hmm. sang in choir and the praise team together. Beth and I became friends because we grew up at church together as well. But her grandmother was best friends with my mom. And so we mm-hmm. had that history. And, you know, we just kind of clicked and hit it off. I think sometimes circumstances bring friends together. I know it, there was a time where there's a few of us that became friends because we, everybody at church that didn't have a friend came to us to be their friend. <laughs> and so we sort of bonded over the fact that, whew, we feel like we have to be everybody's friend. Mm. So, I, you know, I've made friends throughout the years in workplaces and in church, of course, and in other, other dynamics. But I think it looks different when from the time when I was younger because I think you I would say after college I definitely was looking for more more friends that had depth yeah wasn't just a a friend to do stuff with Mm -hmm. or to hang out with I wanted somebody that could understand me Mm -hmm. beyond just doing things I wanted someone who who got me so Heather what's friendship look like for you over the years well you know similar to you and everybody we you know, we start off with best friends as you're, when you're a kid, you have a best friend. So I had, you know, in third grade, well, actually before then, even I think first or second grade, I had one little friend I would hang out with and at school. And as I moved up through elementary school and middle school, the depth of friendships you can have as a, as a child, um, but it probably was like middle school, high school, where I started having really close quote unquote best friends that shared life with me. And we kind of grew up together in that sense. But I, I was thinking while you were saying about searching for people with depth, because as you progress in your spiritual growth mm-hmm. and then into mm-hmm. adulthood, that's when your friendships do start naturally becoming deeper and you start looking for those friendships that you can really go deep with. And so I think, you know, in college and beyond, I really started forming those deep, deeper friendships and having good female friends in my life that I could really share and struggle with and all that kind of thing and different different periods I would be closer to one person at a certain period of time and then I'd move on and but you know I always have a handful of really close people that I can always go to and people in my life that if we get separated for from each other for years I mean I know I can think of a couple people right now that even though I haven't talked to them in a few years 
we can be put in the same room and it's just like time hasn't passed at all as you pick right up after mm-hmm. that and along with that I've been able to you know maintain as I got older you know you maintain these friendships but then you also are able to spread out into a more diverse people groups I guess mm-hmm. of pe- groups of people that you're able to connect with and when you're younger you tend to stick with the people who are like you the kids who are like you who are your age or who are interested in things you're interested in but as you get older you you learn how to open your horizons to other people and become friends with the people who share a common bond with you over something because you can't be friends with someone unless you have that but hopefully you'd become more open to other people who um, may not be from your walk of life or be in the same life status as you're in and that's been the case for me especially as I've gotten into adulthood and up to middle age it's really become that for me. Do you remember Heather a time or the time when you hit that point in adulthood where when you got to be friends with a person or people that all of a sudden it hits you and you're like wow this is what friendship is really all about? Yeah I, I really feel like Probably in my late 20s, early mm-hmm. 30s, I was in a house church for a while and I really started to understand what true community in a body of believers was mm-hmm. like because it was a different experience. But that group of people became like a family to me. And I think that really showed me what it really meant to be a true friend and how you can really be there for each other. What about you? Can you pinpoint a time? Yeah, I think when I when I was like in college shortly after, I was had been really spending the majority of my time with just one friend of mine who I'd known since kindergarten, basically. And although I loved her and I had a good time, I don't think I realized how much I was missing because she wasn't on the same Mm. place wasn't at the same place I was and so I began to at the time I was involved in teaching children in Sunday school at church and I'd sort of removed myself from the college and career group Mm -hmm. because I just I was already working it wasn't really my scene that kind of thing well after some you know years have passed you kind of get to a point where everybody's in the same boat they're all working or you know whatever and one of my friends from the college and career singles whatever had invited me multiple times to come to Mm -hmm. one of the events and you know I just kept saying no and whatever and finally I did and it just really all of a sudden hit me that these are my people Mm. and this is the kind of friendship this is the kind of friendships you need and when Mm. I think about it today when I foster friendships in my life as an adult it's not just somebody that hey you want to be friends and let's hang out it's more of hey I want to hear your heart I want to know how to pray for you and I want to be there for you when you're struggling Mm -hmm. and in my case so many friends have been there for me in this hard two and a half years of and continuing on in this journey of you know rehab and recovery that really means you know it takes true friendships that will be there through that and I think way back in my 20s when that moment hit Mm -hmm. I had no idea that you know how God was kind of reframing my picture of what Mm -hmm. a friend is yeah actually that spurred a memory for me when I was in seminary there was a couple years where I was really depressed and it's a long backstory but there was a probably it was several months where I had no friends Mm -hmm. because like my best friend had moved she got married and moved away another friend of mine had moved away at seminary and I I don't know I was just having a really hard time meeting people Mm -hmm. but then I just couldn't connect with anyone else and then I was emotionally struggling with stuff but not long after that 
the Lord started bringing new friends into my life. And those, even though they didn't realize it at the time, I think the Lord really used that to help me get out of the funk I was mm-hmm. in. And looking back on that, like I could see that how that was really true friendship that I really needed at that time. Mm-hmm. And then it branched off into deeper friendships down there with other people as well. That's, that's, that's cool. So why is it important to have diversity in friendships? I think it's it's a real good balance if you have friends that have have different types of backgrounds. For example, we've talked about this in our in our singleness episode last time, but you know, having friends that are both single and married. Mm-hmm. If you're single, having married friends. If you're married, having mm-hmm. single friends. It's good to see that perspective. Uh, I think it's a little bit different when you're single than when you're married, but I think as single people, at least for me, I've always had the benefit of having guys as friends. And you have to kind of make sure you have proper boundaries in those situations if you're, you know, whether, if they're just friends even. But it's always been good for me to have guys as friends that I can bounce things off of. Mm -hmm that can help me to look at things with a less of an emotional bent yeah. because as a woman we're emotional as women mm-hmm. and so i think it's it's been always been good for me to have guys as friends i seem to i'm much better friend to a guy than i am dating a guy apparently since i'm still <laughs> single but that's always good i think to have that diversity i think it's a little more difficult when you're married i don't think it's good to have a guy as a close friend when you're married you have to have those boundaries but I also think it did a lot of different ethnicities. I, I mean, all of my friends, when I first went to work, all of my friends that I made at work were African-American, and mm-hmm. I loved them. They were mm-hmm. my closest friends. And I have all sorts of friends in my life that have different backgrounds, different ethnicities. Mm-hmm. One of my dearest, dearest friends was Jan Harriet. She was from Trinidad. And unfortunately... The Lord took her home uh, in 2011 when mm-hmm. she was only 28. But when she was here going to college at Boys, she was like a little sister to me. But we were so close, so good as a friends that, you know, I just adored her. And we mm-hmm. always said that when we got old, we would live together and take care of each other. Uh-huh. And then she always said, you know, I'm going to make sure that I save the mansion next to me in heaven for you. Aww. And so I always I think about that a lot since she's left this earth, but mm. I love her dearly and mm. just, I mean, I probably grieved her death as much or more than I did even my parents mm. because it was just really hard to lose somebody that mm. I really thought would be around, you know, for my whole life. Taking care of you in your old age. That's right. Taking <laughs> care of me in my old age. If Jan had been alive today, she would already have moved in and taken care of me, but... So it's just great to have those friends. I mean, Jan, it's funny, she did not know how to drive. And so, you know, I would take her wherever she needed to go if I I was available. And she used to always joke about the times that, you know, people would forget her that were supposed to pick her up for something. (laughs) And she'd call me and I'd be like, I'll be right there. And so Mm -hmm. I always wanted to make sure she had a way to get around. And, you know, just little things. So we had so many great times in the car and... Mm -hmm. 
car rides and just different things we did. I was able to take her to her first U.S. concert. We saw Harry Connick Jr. I bought mm-hmm. her tickets for her birthday, and she just loved it. So, I mean, you can make it. It was just rich. I got to meet her mom. Her mom was amazing. I got to eat at the cult. She was a great cook and like to the fraternitarian specialties. And so mm-hmm. she would, you know, in her t- dorm room, would make dinner for us. And I don't know mm-hmm. if this is Trinidadian, but she made what she called slingshots. They were coffee and evaporated cream and you dr- you you dropped a, a scoop of ice cream in it. Yum. And it was really, really good. I forget what else was in there, but it was just good to have a friend that wasn't like me, that was different. Mm-hmm. We were alike in so many ways because mm-hmm. we loved the Lord and we had a passion for discipleship and for discipling young girls. But because of our culture and our backgrounds, we were completely different. So mm-hmm. I think it's important, you know, to have diversity in your friends. It, I think it helps you become a better friend. So whether if we think about as we get older... Ooh, just even hate to say that. <laughs> How do you navigate friendships as you get older? And let's say all your friends are getting married and you're single or you're growing older and dynamics change, whether or not you're single or married, just dynamics are different mm-hmm. as you get older. How do you navigate that? Well, I think it's important as you get older that you're not viewing friendship as it's got to be with someone that is exactly like me in my stage of life. So as a single woman in my 40s, my friends have to be in their 40s, they have to be single, they've got to be professional, that we have to share experiences across the board, which is not necessary. And I think you're putting yourself, you're limiting the blessings that God can give you through a wide expanse of friendships by just saying, I've got to find people that I can relate to. Because it may be that you're in an area, maybe you live in a small town, or small, you have a small church where there's no one around your age. Maybe everyone's 30 years older than you, or maybe you're an older person in a church full of young young couples and young families. It's really important that you're open to people that are in different phases of life, but that they could be really good friends. And I think navigating that is looking for people that you have a common bond with at first, and but then latching onto those moments where you're like, oh, I really like this person. We can really get along. I think, Rose, you and I are 12 years apart, I think, Mm -hmm. and I don't ever think about you being a little bit older than me. I don't either. Mm -hmm. I don't think about you. I'm not saying that you, that I think you're older. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. But probably because I feel younger than I am. I act younger when Mm -hmm. I I think sometimes younger than my age. But yeah, I don't, uh, the age difference to me is not mm-hmm. as big a deal, I think, as you get older. Right. That difference. Mm-hmm. It, it's more of what are we, how are we like, is our heart. It, it was just like with Jan I mentioned uh-huh. earlier, she was probably, I mean, she was a good 20 years younger than me, mm-hmm. I would say. And although, you know, I was like an older sister to her, yeah. mentor to her, she kept me accountable. Yeah. We talked about deep things. So, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Four, so three of my good friends for at a period of time came out of a weekly Bible study that I was in, and the three of them were married. I was single. Two of them at one point had kids. Another woman did not have kids at the time. Um, one woman had adopted her kids, and the other one had four kids who, you know, she just had kids, and then 
Um, then there was me, the single, the single person, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we came to really love each other and hang out. And we did a yearly hotel night where we would go, we're staying in town and we just took a night and go hung out in the hotel and went swimming and that's so fun stayed up all night and they were happy to get away for just a little bit of time but it was that was such a blessing and I don't think if I wasn't open to fellowshipping with people who are in a different phase of life than me I probably would have missed out on those some really good female friendships that I needed at that time in my life so it's really important especially as you're getting older and maybe your pool of peers is shrinking that you are open to someone who may be in a different walk of life than you or someone who may be a little bit older a little bit younger but someone you can really connect with and do life with maybe someone who's lonely that you can invest in and really develop a close friendship with yeah i was trying to look up a verse i know proverbs seventeen seventeen says that a friend sticks closer than a brother mm-hmm. and i think it's good to note that sometimes we have friends that are closer to us than family mm-hmm All right. We were just talking about good friends and strong, solid friends and friends who are a blessing. But what about those friends who might be a little difficult? The people, maybe you you would call them friends, but they are not in your closest circle. But they're friends that may be a little bit difficult to deal with. How do you exercise good boundaries with those people? That's a challenging question. (laughs) I think (laughs) so I think first I I have to think about you know how do we get to that place or how do we get in friendships like those and if you're not good at confrontation how do you deal with that and I think that's I think that's a challenging issue that we all have to face I think when when we talk about friendships we can talk about them and we'll get to maybe get to this a little bit more in, in a moment But I think that oftentimes we sometimes take friendship too lightly and we sometimes take friendships where we're always the giver. There's no, nothing that we get in return. Mm. So if you're having a conversation with a friend like this, the conversation always goes back to them. It's always centered around Mm -hmm. them and rightfully so in certain seasons of life when you're you are concerned about them if they're in a difficult time but if the the tendency of that is always focused on them and it's always kind of a one-way situation then I think you have to set up some boundaries to distance your distance yourself a little bit from that person Mm -hmm. are you still friends yeah I'm sure you are still friends the problem is that it's not healthy to be in a friendship where it's it's all given no take Mm -hmm. there's all it's all one-sided. You know, I have friends in my life who I, I could say I'm friends with, but maybe they're not as involved in my world. They don't know a lot about what's mm-hmm. going on. And quite frankly, maybe they just, they don't even ask me. It's just, you know, the, our friendship has drifted apart. Mm-hmm. And so I think our the deeper the friendship we have, the more that it's going to be a two-way situation. So I think if you're in a, if you're in a friendship where you feel like you're doing all of the friending, if you will, and, and they're not reciprocating back, then I think you need to step back and look at that. Now, mm-hmm. I also don't believe that every friendship you've got to be mm-hmm. always getting something from it. But there has to be a balance. And I think if you look at it objectively and step back, 
you'll be able to tell, is this a healthy friendship? Or is this a friendship where this person is only coming up and talking to me or yeah. contacting me when, the, mm -hmm. when, when the wor their world shatters? Mm -hmm. And though you want to be there for them and help them, you have to realize that that's not the type of friendship that is going to be the healthiest. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, to avoid these kind of friendships, I think, you know, put up boundaries. But I think what you need to figure out is who are your people? If I'm going to make friends with someone, especially let's say you're one of those people who don't have any friends. And so you're like, hey, Heather and Rose, I really want to make friends. Mm -hmm. The goal would be to figure out who are your people and who those people are are people that you know you'd want to spend a lot of time with mm -hmm. and that you feel are on the same page. I'll share a story. Recently, I became friends with someone through a local Bible study in 2020. Her name's Michelle. Mm -hmm. And from the first, we were on Zoom at the time, and from the first couple of Zoom meetings and some of the things that she shared, I thought, she is my people. <laughs> like, I don't know anything about her, but what she's saying because we were studying the word and she was sharing things and I was like that she's my people and we actually ended up connecting I don't even remember exactly how but we started we texted and then we started using the Marco Polo app to do mm -hmm. video uh, messages to each other and literally had never met but we just became just wonderful friends mm -hmm. and recently her family has been visiting our church Ninth and Baptist Church naobc.org as we like to plug <laughs> every episode and I finally got to meet her face to face last Sunday. Heather was mm -hmm. there to witness I it. I witnessed it. And it was so amazing. And it was just great because when you make a friend like that and that mm -hmm. friendship just grows deep, deeper, it's just amazing how when you find your people, then you usually won't have the issue of an unhealthy friendship. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're in an unhealthy friendship, I would really stress that you take a step back and look at it and see wh what can I do to put in some healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. Stepping away, I think, and putting some space there is good because then if there's space there and they notice it, it might give you an opportunity to talk mm -hmm. about it. And, you know, I know that when you talk about it, I don't like confrontation at all. But when you talk about it, if you're able to share it in a, in a kind way, you're able to express, mm -hmm. look, hey, you know, I really, I, you know, I like you and you're a good friend of mine, but I feel like it's been kind of one way. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're just blind to that. Well, it's good when you have a challenging friendship also sometimes there's a reason why you have that challenging friendship and it's good at that time. If, if it's a situation where you just can't leave and th there's a lot of things that could be, there's a lot of reasons for that, but making sure that you do have some kind of connection to people who can keep you balanced and people that can come along and help you and that you're not being sucked dry by one person. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, if you, if that is the only person in your life, if that one difficult friend, maybe you do live in a small town or maybe Maybe there's just not a lot of people around that are, that would be good friends. Start praying and not just to put a band-aid answer on it, but mm -hmm. really start praying that the Lord will bring solid people into your life. And that for that one difficult friendship, pray for that person that you can deal with them in a godly way, but then also that you would have a good influence on them. I've learned when you pray for a person, specifically someone who's difficult, you pray for them. God ends up changing your heart towards them and not necessarily that yes, person. Yes. But that really does help you see 
things in a different way and it helps you have compassion on them. It also helps you have some wisdom too. So just encouragement for those of you who may have like, well, I only have this one friend and they're, mm-hmm. they're just terrible to live with or terrible to deal with. Just be encouraged that things don't last forever and mm-hmm. there can be change. You just pray, pray that the Lord will bring some good, strong people in your life. And I think too, when you pray about those situations, like you said, Heather, I think sometimes it helps us to see the, the plank in our eye, mm-hmm. if you will. So we may see the problems or the issues that your our friend has, but, you know, I would say pray and ask the Lord to show you where am I not a good friend here? Yeah. Where am I at fault? Mm-hmm. Because it could be we're just blind to the situation because right. we're irritated by something, whatever. Uh, but I think prayer definitely is important um, mm-hmm. in dealing with difficult friendships whether that be someone that is kind of a leech or mm-hmm. or someone who's just difficult to manage their emotions. They're kind of all over the board. I think some people are more apt to, to draw those people into their circle than others. So we just have to be ready to handle that when it comes. So there's a whole new world of making <laughs> friends these days called social media. So Heather, how do you think social media has helped friendships or have hurt friendships? Well, as you know, I am a lurker on (laughs) Facebook and I don't really do anything else on any other social media platforms. Social media is kind of odd to me. I don't, I I think there's something right and natural about people coming in and out of your life just in general, just in life in general. We have people that come into our lives for a season, then they move away or then circumstances change where you're just not as close as you used to be. Like your friends in high school, you may not have seen for years because you've, you've moved or you've grown up or whatever. So I think there's something very natural about those seasons of your life. And I've always said this to people. I've probably said this to you, but I feel like social media has created this weird dynamic where people you thought you had said goodbye to, whether it was a high school friend or somebody you met at camp or a coworker who moved away or, you know, whoever it was, all of a sudden these people are back in your life. And it could be really exciting. I mean, I've, I remember connecting with a high school friend that I lost track of. She was not a believer in high school, but now she is. And that was just such a cool thing to see her on Facebook and then realize, oh my gosh, she's completely different now. Yeah. And, and then have this whole other connection with her. But then you also have this dynamic of people that you really didn't want to be friends with to begin with. <laughs> and now they're in your life online. And then there's that whole level of the unspoken friending mm. where if you unfriend someone you have committed a deep offense and you better have a good reason for it and people can get very offended over silly little things on social media and you feel like there's this unspoken obligation to these people online who you never really were very close to Mm -hmm. but now you feel like you have to maintain some kind of relationship updating your status or whatever it is So it's very interesting social media, but there are some good things. As I mentioned, you can be reconnected with people that you've lost track of, people that you want to see. And Rose, you had, you know, you've been updating everyone on your circumstances through social media. Yeah, it's been really good to be able to not have to tell people that are on sort of my fringe. Maybe there are people that I am friends with on Facebook that have, Mm -hmm. you know, I've known for years and years, but we don't talk on a regular basis. 
So I've been able to use Facebook to update everybody on my journey so that I'm not having to send separate messages. And I think when I started when I started doing that is when I had people after a period of time when I wasn't like sharing anything dramatic because thankfully I wasn't going through <laughs> anything dramatic at that time. They would send me, you know, a private message mm -hmm. or comment on a post to go, hey, what's going on with you? What's the update? And that was, I don't want to say that was, it wasn't annoying, but I was like, well, there's an easier way to do this than to answer five or six private messages. Mm -hmm. So I just made it a, a policy or uh, unwritten policy that I would update on at least once a month yeah. on my health journey. My plan, um, I hit three years in November, and so I'm mm -hmm. hoping to move that to my newsletter mm -hmm. audience and just update people through that mm -hmm. means because that's another way I've connected. So that's been very helpful. Also, with my writing journey, I mean, if it wasn't for social media, I would have never been able mm -hmm. to connect with the the agency that does the writing cohorts, and I would never have connected with the five other authors that were in my cohort. And I, I am now a part of the Unknown Authors Book Club, or the Unknown Authors Club. And we're all unknown authors who are trying to get published. And we don't have huge platforms. We're not social media influencers. Mm -hmm. So we're just trying to elevate our presence uh, through social media together. Our motto is Together We Rise. Mm -hmm. And we've been able to create a book called The Life of an Unknown Author, which actually debuts today. It comes out today on Amazon for purchase. October 11th. October the 11th. So you can check mm -hmm. out, uh, I'll put a link in the notes. Check it out. You can buy it. It's only $9.99. It's mm -hmm. a really good deal. You get to read from 15 different unknown authors. So... If it wasn't for social media, I wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to do that. And there's a lot of things that help progress this the publishing part of my world through social media. So although there's some weirdness about social media, there are some good things mm -hmm. about it. Heather, have you <laughs> so do you have you ever noticed someone unfriending you and getting offended? I, I've noticed that I've been unfriended because I've noticed that my friend number has shrunk, mm -hmm. but I don't know who it <laughs> I don't I don't care anymore right. about it which is good um, which is good I think maybe five ten years ago I would have cared but mm -hmm. it doesn't really I, I'm connected to the people that I need to be connected to personally mm -hmm. and I'm not too worried about like I, I look at Facebook to see if I've got messages based on the things I need to be connected with like church and on mm -hmm. her flight and other things like that but I don't really value those mm -hmm. those online relationships as much as I do the people that are in my my world right now exactly yeah. yeah it's funny because people have asked me in the past oh did you see where so-and-so blah 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 whatever's happening in their world mm -hmm. and I'll say no I didn't and I pull it up well I've been unfriended by that person and <laughs> I'm like oh well I'm not their friend anymore and <laughs> whoever was anymore. telling me will say oh my goodness why are you not their friend I'm like oh I don't know they unfriended me I've been unfriended a it lot it just seems so petty it is, it is. And I think a lot of people yeah. unfriend, have unfriended me in the past because I have spoken truth in their <laughs> world. And mm -hmm. they're not people that, like you said earlier, they're not necessarily deep friends, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so it, the first time it happened, it sort of 
bugged me, but then I got over it pretty yeah. fast. And now it's almost comical because I think, oh, well, they unfriended me. I guess yeah. I said something to offend them. But that's, you know, that's just the way it is. And friendships go way beyond the online. Yeah. So even even like with the people at the unknown author book we're creating, I mean, obviously we have a big, we have more of a, of a relationship off social media because mm-hmm. we're communicating about the book. We're connecting about the book and although we use social media to promote it and that's how we found each other and we Mm -hmm. went through a writing cohort that was all done through Marco Polo it's not something that lives and breathes on social media only yeah yeah I, I went through a period where I unfriended a bunch of people because I only wanted to be connected to people I wanted to be connected to that I interacted with regularly and so or people that I knew were very close to me, even if I didn't talk to them all the time. So I just unfriended a bunch of people. And I think some people might have gotten offended (laughs) because I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to offend anyone. Mm -hmm. I was just cleaning up the clutter. You know, there's a bunch of people that I don't talk to Mm -hmm. and there's no point of me being pretending to be friends. Right. (laughs) And so if you, if you are close to me and you're listening and you're friends with me on Facebook, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about (laughs) people that (laughs) I just... Yeah, I just was not. But very isn't close it to. funny yeah. that we talk now that social? And I feel media, like I need to make that disclaimer. Yeah, yeah it's funny. It's yeah. almost like when you unfriend them, you need to have a little note that you can say, "Okay, here's why I unfriended you." No offense. You I know, know. It's, it's silly. But don't you think that? I mean, I think there are. We've established there's good and there's bad with social media. But yeah. I, do you feel like social media has sort of cheapened friendship in a lot of ways? You have to have the right perspective, because so so say you and I, mm-hmm. you know, just talking like some we're close friends, right? Our relationship goes way past social media, like Facebook. Right. I mean, I see your updates on Facebook, mm-hmm. but I'm already talking to you all the time, right? Exactly. And so I may not interact with you on Facebook just because I don't do much on Facebook, but it's not anything personal. I'm just not right. <laughs> and so I think you need to have a right. But so if it's a friend that lives out of town or something, and maybe you've grown apart, you can be really excited to see their updates and stuff like that. But that's different than somebody who's just wanting you to be a friend so they can have a high friend account on whatever platform Mm -hmm. they're using or a lot of likes or something or just trying to get attention. And I don't want to make this a social media. I feel like we're making this a social media uh, discussion, which maybe we need to have one of those. Yeah, maybe Um, it's a a future episode. Yeah, but I don't know. I think you just need to keep it in proper balance Mm -hmm. because the friends that that I'm close to... I, I may not interact on Facebook much with them, but that doesn't mean I don't love them or I don't hang out with them outside of there or I don't talk to them occasionally. It's nothing personal on my end. It's just I'm not a big social media person. And I think we we need to be careful, especially as Christians, but just mm-hmm. as a society that we get so easily offended by stuff that's yes. just ridiculous. Yes. And, Yes. And I think, again, and I don't want to go down the social media path, but you know, what ends up happening is we, we get a picture on social media of what people want us to want us to see. Mm-hmm. And I hope that I'm always come across as authentic on social media. Heather can keep me accountable on mm-hmm. that because she, she knows the real deal behind the social media. But I think that because the word friend is used for social mm-hmm. media, think is what has triggered me to say well how has that really cheapened it or made it better yeah because we so easily friend and unfriend 
And like you said, people are so easily offended. And it's just kind of like reading a text. You don't know the tone behind it. Same mm-hmm. thing with a status or a comment or a post on Facebook. You don't really know the No, you the can't tone. assume, don't assume the worst about people yeah. on some of that stuff mm-hmm. because they probably don't mean anything by it. Absolutely. Well, I know there's a lot more that we could say on this topic. I think we could talk for hours because we're good friends and yes. we have a good time. And yes. You know, we've been laughing every week about sitting in the midst of your, your mini blouses and pants. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but we'll just wrap this up for the, again with our one single thought. And I will add to it. Friendship is more than a bracelet and a like button. Ooh, I like that. All right. So let's just move on to our one random thought, Rose. So my one random thought today is how to grow old. Okay. So there's a university in Australia named called Flinders University, and they their Center for Aging did a 10-year study. And what they found out was a strong network of friends is more important than close family relatives for hmm. prolonging life. Interesting. Yes, they said that people that are over the age of 70, but they have an extensive network, they tended to live 22% longer than those with a less extensive network. Wow. So that's pretty interesting. Of course, for me, I don't have close family relatives, so my whole network of friends is what I thrive yeah. on. But I thought it was an interesting study that friendships actually help you to live longer, in at least 22% longer in this study. Well, I think that would be true in a lot of cases, especially as you get you become elderly because you... You know, your your parents are gone. Your siblings mm-hmm. are probably getting up there as well. And then your kids, if you have kids, they're having their own lives and mm-hmm. all of that. And the old man that I visit, the mm-hmm. uh, World War II veteran, he told me he was lamenting one day that he doesn't really have any friends anymore because he's 97. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just such a sad thing. And I don't I don't want to be elderly and not have have friends. And, yeah. But, but it's why it's important to, for number one, to be in a church. Because mm-hmm. when your family is gone, who are you going to to go to? Mm-hmm. But then also being willing to branch out to people who may not be the same age as you. Mm-hmm. And really expand that diversity in friendships. Being willing to reach out to other people and be friends with them. And I think it's also important to... to be willing to visit those older people that are in communities yeah. and that are, you know, it's good to be in that community because they have a lot of social activities to keep them, mm-hmm. you know, inter- engage- engaging and interacting with each other. But being with younger people that they can connect with is yeah. even better. Mm-hmm. So I think, that's, I think that's great. But yeah. So that's, the key to growing old, have yeah. a lot of friends. That's pretty cool how the one random thought actually tied right into the topic. There. How about that? <laughs> well, I'm trying to do a better job at that, so. Well, <laughs> the one Ricky thought does not tie into <laughs> this because he's not being a good friend this morning. So let's, let's hear today's <laughs> one Ricky thought. The one, the one Ricky thought today is beware of Kung Fu Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> we all now have a visual oh. of a Kung Fu cat. In his little karate. Yeah, his little karate outfit. So I told, I think a few episodes ago, I mentioned how Ricky was clawing at me and scratching at me to wake me up. Mm-hmm. Well, he's gotten out of that, which I'm so thankful. Um, he's He kind of gave up on doing that. And 
now he is trying other things. Like he'll try to snuggle with me and to wake me up or whatever it is. Well, this morning (laughs) it was a first. He started slapping me in the face (laughs) and the head. (laughs) And it wasn't, he didn't have any claws out. It was just a paw. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, that was kind of him. (laughs) But I was trying to ignore him because, you know, if you ignore him, eventually they'll give up. And he does eventually give up. But he he kept... (laughs) He kept pop, popping me on the back of the head. I was laying down, like, I'm laying on my back, and he's popping me on the back of the head. All of a sudden, I felt like, thud, 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 like that. And then he smacked me in the eye with his paw. <laughs> he's like, clearly, you're not paying attention to me. So it sounded like this. <laughs> like an episode of Batman. <laughs> And I'm trying so hard not to laugh because it's really funny. It didn't, I mean, he wasn't inflicting pain. I'm like, really? You're resorting to slapping me to wake me up? <laughs> but anyway, I don't know. It's never a dull moment with that cat. And on the, the hitting note, though, we did get move along to fist bumps in our training. Yes, so and we she showed bumping. me a video of him fist bumping, yeah. and he is really doing it. Maybe and I should borrow a page on your website and put some yeah, video up. Yeah, put some video of him up. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. I don't mind sharing videos of my cat. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So from, from Kung Fu Kitty, we're going to move on to our one single question. Rose, what is our and Matt, So our one single question today is, name a time when you and your friends did something spontaneous. So Heather, what do you got for us? Well, my friend Lindsay, who I hope you all will get to meet in a couple of weeks because we're going to have her on. Yes. Or one of our She's our music episodes. person. She's as our well. music person and a good friend. We are, the three of us are like, we're around 10 years apart from each other. Mm-hmm. So Rose is about 10 years older than me and Lindsay is about 10 years younger than me. So we're just. That's kind of cool. Yeah. We're in a little progression there. Mm-hmm. No, she's one of my, my dear, dear friends and we, we have a good time together. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> We like to have random Meyer trips. Meyer, if you don't live in the area, is like basically a glorified super Walmart. And there was a few times where she'd call me at 10 o'clock at night and just say, hey, do you want to go to Meyer?" <laughs> and she lives like a good 30 minutes from me. But she would drive all the way over to my, my part of town. <laughs> and we'd go to Meyer and buy, like we would walk around and then buy something i don't know like she would buy groceries and i would find some random thing and but that that just just one of those little silly things you do i mean road trips and rose you and i have kind of it i guess it started spontaneous but it's grown into our podcast nights but yeah it, but it came from our you know me coming over to help you with yeah. stuff but we have our core life which core life if you're not uh. from here maybe google it it might be i'll put a link in in the show notes you all need to get to core Um, life if you have one near you. we'll probably talk about this in an upcoming episode because we're Mm going to talk about food but we bonded over core life at one well we've already bonded but we don't but that was like became our (laughs) uh, it was it was like the food that would heal us yeah it's just really good so good rose what about you what is something spontaneous or fun that you do with your friends there's a lot of different stories, and I'm trying to narrow down which one I want to share. I probably have some more recent than this one, but it still stands tall and true as one of the funniest things ever. So here's the backstory. There's a lady at our church, Sandy Hazelrig, and she was a divorced single mom, 
and her daughter just went off to college and there was a guy that came to our church her name at that time was not Hazelrig, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the guy that came to our church was Danny Hazelrig, mm-hmm. and she was Sandy Browning. And we noticed that he was talking to her a lot, and we'd see him <laughs> in the drop parking lot talking, and so we were kind of joking about, mm, something must be getting ready to happen with Sandy and Danny. Not to be confused with Sandy and Danny from Greece, but... <laughs> So we decided that, well, we want to kind of keep it on the download. So it was me, my friend Christy, and another friend of ours, Antoinette, who we nicknamed, her nickname is Toe, so we'll call her mm-hmm. Toe for this. So Toe, Christy, and I had noticed this interest between the two. And so we decided we were going to talk in code so no one would know what we were talking about. So we called him Mr. Nut Truck for <laughs> Hazel Rig. <laughs> and so we would say, how is... Mr. Nut Truck. And so that was our joke. Well, one night just happened that Christy, Toe, and I had been out on a Saturday night doing whatever we did on a Saturday night. Go to the movie, go to eat, whatever. And Toe actually lived across the street from Sandy at the time. Hmm. And he did drive a truck at the time. So that, you know, kind of mm-hmm. went along with his name. So we had met at Toe's house to drive together wherever we were going. And so we were coming back to her house. And lo and behold, what do we see sitting out in front of Sandy's house? But Mr. Nut Truck's truck. <laughs> and so we knew they had been together. And so this was back in the day when you didn't have cell phones with cameras and all of that. So Toe ran in the house and got a Polaroid so we could get it right <laughs> away. For those of you that don't know, Polaroid... Develops a picture immediately. It shoots out of the camera. And so we took the picture. And then the next morning, Christy was a secretary for one of the youth classes at our church. And so was Sandy. And so Christy agreed to take it and lay it on her secretary desk where she took attendance. So she would see it with no explanation. Mm. And she would wonder, how do they know that, that, you know, who was there? It took her a while, but then we finally confessed and told her it was us. And <laughs> the rest is history. They got married, and now she's Sandy Nutruck. So <laughs> not many people know that story, but it was a pretty good one. All right, guys, we are going to wrap up today's episode of One Single Thought. In two weeks, we'll be back with more content. We are going to pause from giving you a teaser of the next episode because we found that sometimes we want to change it up at the last minute. So yes. you'll just have to be surprised. And But we will be back in a couple weeks on October 25th. Yeah, just so you know, you all know, we're, we're trying to really like plan and record way ahead. So yeah, this is actually September when we're recording. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's real. <laughs> yeah. So we're trying to get ahead of the game so we can discern whether or not we could do a weekly podcast at some point. Mm-hmm. So in lieu of that, we want to keep our schedule somewhat fluid and not give you a teaser. So you'll just have to just keep subscribe and that way you won't miss an episode. But that also means that if you have a suggestion on something we can talk about, Absolutely. please send it along because sometimes we're trying to rack our brains for things to talk about, which yes. is kind of funny to me because we can talk about crazy stuff. We come up with a lot of things to talk about, but we would love to talk about something that you're interested in. It doesn't have to be biblical. It can be anything. Today's topic was friendship. It can be anything. Uh, We can talk about whatever you would like. So until next time, don't follow your heart, follow God. We hope you've enjoyed One Single Thought. Our theme music is provided by Lindsay Cook, and we're so happy you joined us. 
Please be sure to share this episode with a friend and don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. We'd love it if you'd rate and review our podcast so more people can find us and join our tribe of listeners. 